Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Royal Miles Hill. This is Sunday, November the 20th, 2022. This service will be recorded on November the 13th, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecturer is Pam Ivan. This radio broadcast is given by Joyce Boken in remembrance of Bill L. Boken's October 13th birthday. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. We'll find this in our hymnal on page 94. We begin our service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake. God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you share with me in the prayer of the day for this 23rd Sunday after Pentecost? You'll find it in your celebrate insert. O oh God, the protector of all who trust in you, without you nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Embrace us with your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may live through what is temporary without losing what is eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's word. Good morning. Our first reading today is from Malachi, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2a, with the following preface. Malachi, whose name means my messenger, warns that the day is coming. On that day, the evil will be destroyed like stubble in a fire, but the sun of righteousness will shine on those who honor God. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healings in his wings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 13, with the following preface. Some members of the Thessalonian community, because of their belief in the nearness of Christ's return, has ceased to work, living off the generosity of other members of the community. The writer of this letter warns them bluntly that if they want to eat, 
they need to work. Now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the tradition that they received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. The word of the Lord. Our service continues on page 142 with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise. According to St. Luke, the 21st chapter, glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated for the reading of the gospel. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the day will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. The disciples asked him, teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. And in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before the kings and the governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and the wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. But your endurance will gain your souls. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, I'm going to invite uh, our little ones to come forward, if they could at this time, for a children's message. Come on up here. So when my kids were real little, they used to watch Sesame Street. Do people watch Sesame Street today? Boston does. All right. It's been around a long time because my daughter is now 33. My son is 28. 
And uh, one of the games that they would play, come on down, Jordan. One of the games they would play is, what's different? What's different? And they would have the kids, whoop, down we went, but we're okay. And coming, whoop, down we go, but we're okay. Jordan, go ahead and join your brothers. Good girl, wonderful. So my question is, uh, what do you find at church that you might not find anywhere else? And there are signs around you. Um, let me grab one of these. What, do you know what this sign says? What does that sign say? Cross. cross. Can you point to crosses that are here in this sanctuary? There's one right here. Can anyone point to another one? Way up there. Where else? Yeah, on top of the flag over here. What about the light fixtures? Yeah, there's crosses on those. My goodness, there's crosses all over the place. You can't see our banner, but our 150th anniversary banner has a cross on it too. Do you find crosses elsewhere? In, aren't they out? Yeah. Do, do you find crosses out in the world, outside of church? Yeah, we do. Um, and sometimes we don't. Uh, matter of fact, we, we're a flyover state, so we have a lot of contour lines, and they make crosses up in the sky. Yeah. What else do we have here at church that you might not find that's different from other places? Um, oh, and I found another cross. What else? In baptismal font, right? The baptismal font. What about the, uh, the pictures on the windows? Stained glass. Isn't that interesting? Um, next to Madeline is a piece of paper. What does that one say? Anybody help him out? Statue. statue of Jesus. Do you see the statue of Jesus? Right back there. And if you look in the statue of Jesus, he has nail prints in his hands. His hands are stretched out. Uh, what else do we have here that we might not see? Bible? A Bible. Every pew has Bibles. And so all of the... Yes, and what is that, Boston? Maybe they can help us out. Hymns and spiritual songs that we sing that we may not always. There's just a couple more. Did anyone see this one way over here? What's this one? Organ. organ. Well, there's organs around, but my goodness, the organ that we have. If you can look way up, there's a loft. I don't have the light on, but there are, I can't remember how many pipes. Lots of pipes up there. What else do we have? What do the acolytes light when they come? Candles. Do you see candles elsewhere? Yeah, you do, but we sure have a lot of them, right, here? I got one more sign. What's that? Anybody know? They can help us out. What does this say, folks? The Lord's Supper. And so we have all of these things that are a little bit different than what we see out in the world. And I'm so glad that you come here every week. I thank you for coming to church to see these symbols that are all around us that point to a sign of God and God's eternal gift to all of us. These things point to God's eternal grace for all of us. Now that's a big word, eternal. This is where there is no sin or separation from God, where we are all gathered with all the saints. Last Sunday was All Saints Sunday. Do you know of anyone who has died in your family? Yeah, my dad died recently. All of us seem to know someone. And one day, we'll be reunited with those who have died. And we will be together. 
And so we come to church to remind ourselves, and by the way, I just saw the flag. There's a red cross up there to remind ourselves that Jesus died for us so that we are forgiven and loved and we have the promised gift of eternal life. And so let us pray. Shall we do that? Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for these little ones in helping me to identify some of the symbols here in the sanctuary that are signs pointing us to God's love for us through the gift of eternal grace. Lord, bless each of these families and us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming up. It's good to have you all. Yeah. It's fun to watch them come and go, isn't it? Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I thank you too for coming each Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for coming and hearing of God's message of love for you, this eternal grace, the eternal hope that we have and going forward in our lives when sometimes it can be difficult in life. We know that we have a God who loves us and has prepared something wonderful for all of us. So we've been on this journey this time since Pentecost that takes us all the way back to the end of May. We have been on a 23-week journey this time after Pentecost where Jesus has been teaching. We've been reading through the Gospels and uh, Jesus is healing and uh, he is coming along and teaching us about God's kingdom. But we're coming to the end of our liturgical church year. We're coming to the end. Next Sunday will be Christ the King Sunday, and then you'll see things changing again. Uh, pastors threatening and uh, bringing dead branches in for one Sunday. I got away with it one year. But uh, I know Ed and the group are chomping at the bit to put up the Christmas tree, and we'll allow them to do that in a time that works for all of them. That's important. So this season is the longest season of the church year, this time that we've been in. And today's gospel has made, uh, Jesus has made his last trip to Jerusalem. And he's doing this in celebration of the Unleavened Bread Festival. And the Unleavened Bread Festival is also known as the Passover the Jewish nation would gather, they would come to that holy city, the city of Zion, known as Jerusalem. And there they would celebrate the Passover. Nothing would happen at dusk on Friday until Sunday morning. Families would come together and they would have a Seder meal and they would remember their history that God had saved them, had, had freed them from the Egyptians. And what's amazing is you remember the plagues. Remember in the reading portents and, and plagues will happen. Somehow history in the biblical sense is beginning to replay itself. And so we have these plagues. And uh, I have some confirmation students here. We studied um, last year the year of the Bible. Did anybody remember what the tenth plague was? not going to put them on the spot. They're looking at me like, oh my goodness, Pastor, we didn't expect that. Do any of you remember the last plague? Firstborn. The death of the firstborn child of all the Israelites. And there was such a wail 
There was such a wail in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said, Moses, take your people and go. And they had been told Moses was the messenger from God. Be ready. Have your sandals on. You typically don't wear your sandals in the house. You don't even get to unleaven your bread. You are going to be going. And when the angel of death came and visited, there was such a wail throughout the land. They took off and they read. They ran for the Red Sea. Yeah, it took the death of the firstborn. And that's important. Let's just remember that. It took the death of the begotten children, the firstborn of all the Israelites. Now we find ourselves in this last week of Jesus' earthly life. This is where the text takes us. Here we are. We're not in a Holy Week, but the scripture takes us back. Here we are in November at the end of the church year, right before Christ the King Sunday. And we have Jesus who has come into Jerusalem triumphantly. Hallelujah. Uh, here comes the King. You remember they laid down their palm branches and their cloaks and Jesus rode in on a colt or a donkey, right? A, co a colt of a donkey. Excellent. And uh, so triumphant. And so that, uh, that week after he comes into the city, uh, he's there early for Passover. And Jesus is going to the synagogues with, with his, uh, going to the temple with his disciples. And on one particular day, they're walking out of the temple and they're going, oh, the, the disciples are like, wow, look at these beautiful stained glass windows. Look at the dedication of that beautiful cross and the candles. Doesn't it just feel like we're a part of God? And uh, this is just magnificent. Of course, they said the, the stones and all of the, the gold and the riches that have been dedicated to the temple of God. And what does Jesus say as they come out? He kind of takes the pin and pops their balloon and the air goes out of the balloon and he says, you know what? Not one stone will stand upon another. So this long history of God's people with Christ in their midst is about to turn. Life is about to change. And Jesus seems agitated for the Son of God knows that this Passover, they, the people will turn on him. Jesus doesn't know all of it. His Father in heaven is in knowledge and somehow Jesus is sensing what the Father is up to. Of course, we know that Christ is God in the flesh. And God's only son will taste death. For the first time, we're seeing something happening between the son, the incarnation of Christ in the flesh, and God. They are one, but something is happening. And there is this separation that now is starting to take place. I don't understand it. If, God, if Christ is God, Jesus is God, what is happening that's causing this separation? That God is separating from God's self. And what's going to take place is it going to be God's only son. God's first and only begotten son. You see the correlation here. Is going to taste death. 
and it will take place in destroying evil and the power of sin and death in this world. See, the day is coming of Jesus' death, but also resurrection. The end of our church liturgical calendar year places right, us right smack between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. And Easter is just on the horizon. And here's where we leave off and then we pause for Christ the King Sunday and then enter Christ coming again following the resurrection and the ascension. And that leads us up to Advent. For Advent is that time in which we wait for, obviously, the birth of Christ. But it's also the season of the church year in which we wait for Christ to come again. Many people in Jesus' time truly believe that Christ, after his death, after his resurrection and ascension, he would come again in their lifetime. But soon his followers, it was too much watching their Lord and Savior, the Messiah, dying on a cross, removed from their eyes, dead that some of the, the followers of Jesus went into hiding. Some abandoned Jesus' teachings. Others were set on fire by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel, the good news. And years passed. In fact, centuries have passed. And so the church, churches were started throughout the Mediterranean world. Because you remember what Jesus commissioned his disciples before he died before he ascended, I mean after he died, but before he ascended, he said, go therefore and baptize the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And remember, I'm with you to the end of the age. And one of those such churches was planted in Thessalonica. And Paul would send letters of encouragement to them to encourage them in their faith and being ready for Christ's return. Some would abandon caring for others in need and they became idle in their waiting because they believed that Jesus was coming back any moment, any time. They were ready. I mean, Paul's first letter was, be ready. Like the Jews were ready when the angel of death visited and so Paul would challenge them then and us while we wait for the Lord's return, which Jesus says no one knows except the Father. Paul's words are these, do not be weary in doing what is right. As the baptized, we are called to receive God's grace. I want you to turn to your hymnal to page 226 in the front. Everything hinges on our baptism. 2.26. It says baptism up in this corner. God brings those who are baptized out of death and into life. The presentation, the Holy Spirit calls and invites us to receive God's grace. Sponsors present those who are baptized and we promise them our support. The profession of faith, only by God's grace can we renounce the forces of evil and the power of sin. With the whole church, we confess our faith in the triune God. Today, the students in confirmation will be learning the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Thanksgiving at the font. With thanksgiving, God's saving deeds are remembered Dying with Christ in baptism, the child is God raised to new life through water and word, promise. 
and prayer and Holy Spirit and the sign of the cross. Signs that proclaim the meaning of baptism. We pray that that gift of the Holy Spirit sustain the baptized and the baptized are marked with the cross of Christ forever. And welcome. The baptized are called to follow Jesus, the light of the world. We welcome new companions in this mission of God. Don't grow weary. Keep doing what's right. Remember our baptism, what it is that God has called us to do. That it isn't us, but God working through us. May we live as they did through what is temporary without losing sight of what is eternal. Our children helped us this morning in identifying what is eternal. Through the, the symbols and the signs that point to eternal life. And that is God's love for us, steadfast love, God's name and character, our worship and our communion table all point us to the gift and the promise eternal where we experience heaven on earth. God is with us in the ordinary. Good Friday will come. Good Friday will come to us all. And it took the death of God's only son to set God's people free, the Passover of the sacrificial lamb. We are now near the end. We are living in end times. We are now at the end of our church year. Let us not be idle, but rather it is time for us to share with more and more people the good news of Jesus Christ. It is our mission. Now is the time to plant a tree, said Luther. If I knew, these are Luther's words, if I knew the last day was coming tomorrow, I'd plant a tree today in order to make a better world for today. And the Reverend Dr. Karen Nelson spoke here and shared with us, church, don't stop being church for others. You're making a difference. May we live through what's temporary without losing sight to what is eternal. And I thank you for coming each Sunday to hear those words that you are forgiven and that you are loved, that you receive the Holy Communion with your name, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. I'm excited to share with you that we're going to have a baptism on Thanksgiving Eve service here. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Thanksgiving Eve but giving thanks to what God has done for us. And so we have uh, Archer, Archer, Randy and Deb Tanji's little grandson, Archer. <laughs> and so I'm excited uh, for that. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing God's love with one another. Thank you for using your talents. Thank you for playing in the bell choir. Thank you for serving on the church council. Thank you for helping me with confirmation. Thank you for sharing your faith tonight. We get to, we get to hear from Riley and Mason Newhart. Why is their faith important to them? As our young people are now grappling with, what does my faith mean to me as I go through confirmation? Thank you for reaching out to... Um, our young ones. Thank you for encouraging them to come to church. Thank you for rooting them outside the church and going to sporting events and supporting them in their plays. Thank you for being the family of God in the world and going outside and making a difference. For you are. For all of this, I give thanks to you. The world is about to turn. 
Let us share the affirmation of our faith as is found in the Apostles' Creed. I invite the congregation to please rise. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And Lord, teach us, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. And before I give this uh, uh, dismissal, I want to remind us that Joyce uh, Boken, in remembrance of Bill L. Boken, sponsored today's radio broadcast. And for that, we give thanks. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.